So what's my future? You don't have one. I see you, but you can't see me. Welcome to the Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights podcast. This episode is all about 2005 or Halloween Horror Nights 15. However you want to look at it, because when it comes to naming and branding, there's going to be a whole story behind this one. So let's just get to it. I am Matt. Joining me this episode are my co-hosts, Quint. Hello. And Karen. Hello. Now, I don't even know where to begin with this, so... Why don't we go through, well, start like we always do, and then I'll explain kind of yeah, what my, my opening statement is alluding to. Get through the details here. Um, again, this one is similar to last year where Halloween Horror Nights Tales of Terror. No mention of a number or a year in the title. Um, the catchphrase, and there's only one this year, is um, no one will live happily ever after, which it hints directly as to the icon that we're going to get mm-hmm. uh once again the location where we're s- split between the two parks we're using both universal studios and islands of adventure um the icon is the storyteller yes and this is a, this has been a controversial <laughs> icon we've, we've talked yes. about her before <laughs> uh back when when they did the whole Terra stuff um and her her other name is um elsa strict right the dates we're into September here, which is September 30th, October 1st. Then we go October 7th, 8th, 9th, October 12th, 13th, 14th, 15th, and 16th. October 20th, 21st, 22nd, and 23rd. 27th, 28th, 29th, 30th, 31st. No no November dates because I'm assuming the 31st was either yeah, probably a Saturday, uh, Sunday or Monday. Probably. I didn't look up the calendar this year. I didn't either, uh, yeah. but it was just, you know. Right. Um, we're up Four bucks from last year <laughs> to fifty nine dollars and seventy five cents. Four or five? I think we're up five bucks. Yeah, five bucks. It was fifty four. Oh, yeah, 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 that's right. Five bucks. Oh, pardon me. Whole five bucks. That's but half a beer. The the prices are starting to not even or, or starting to jump up a little bit more than incrementally now. Yeah. <laughs> um. You know, hours again. Same thing. Non peak nights uh, is six thirty to twelve. Peak nights is 6.30 to 2 a.m. Uh, other than that, there's uh, there's very little other details that we need to go through. We're going to look at the covers. And this is, I think, um, based on what Matt was alluding to, the covers are already starting part of the controversy. One of the covers is the old woman who is the storyteller with a, a stack of books with blood dripping down them. And it's, I like it. I think it's creepy as yeah. fuck. Um, that old lady, the, you know, the, the regular old lady wire rim glasses, the, the look that she's giving the camera. Um, and then the books, it's cool. Yeah. 
Um, and then even the, the people's eyebrow. eyebrow. <laughs> yeah. There's <laughs> <laughs> that too. And then the second one is a, a picture of her from the back with, you know, a, a, what an Af- Afghan like shawl thrown over her shoulders. Right, right. And behind her back, she's, she's carrying a, a pair of bloody scissors, one, one hand on each knob of the bloody scissors, which is kind of creepy as well. But it's one of the more tame covers they've had in ever, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't know if it's the, yeah, I don't know. Actually compared to last year, last year is a lot tamer than that. Yeah. So, yeah. I guess so 2004, guys, you know, the guys in 2004, at least the guy's face was coming apart. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. This, this is a pair of shears with a little bit of blood on it. And I guess it's foreboding, right? Uh, it yeah. Definitely. You definitely get that foreboding view from it, which which is cool. A um, little more psychology or psychological, I guess, compared mm-hmm. to, to the in-your-face gore and scars and stuff like that. Right. So, Matt, let's just get right into the the, the controversy. Okay, the controversy isn't so much the um, oh, what do you call it? It's that. Uh, Nothing to do. It, the controversy is the fact that the storyteller exists. That is the best way to say it. Because, and to help illustrate this, if you open up the inside of the map, look at it, you'll see all kinds of things right off the bat. In fact, in the not quite the middle, but towards the opening, uh, near the entrance, it says Terra uh, Cruentus. Then you have things like Terra Gate, Iron Bone Gorge, South Hollow, Gorward Forest, uh, Dragon Forge. North Hollow, and you're wondering maybe what this has to do with anything to do with this icon that we just uh, learned about. And the the controversy, if, whatever you want to call it, the story behind her is, is that, that this was supposed to be something completely different in terms of story, marketing, and everything else. It was... Again? M- yeah. Um, hmm. Not, And it's not a case of... Uh, the reason 2001 was changed, it was a case of marketing said, we can't advertise what you're doing to a mass audience. So this is what we came up with. The storyteller is a marketing thing. It is not a creative department yeah. invention. Huh. And it was back in, back in the other, what was the other year she was in? This was her first year. Am I going through deja vu here? Yeah, I think you are. You might be. <laughs> I because did. I know I know that we've talked about her and the Terra Queen before. I probably talked about this in the Icons episode. Ah, okay. Oh, that's probably where I'm getting the deja vu right. from. All right. The, the actual event, what it was supposed to be. This is, you were, the entire, this is supposed to be an entire world, a, a, a new world. This is a, like a new idea. This is probably the most immersive thing that they had come up with at this point. And the world was Terra Quintus, and it was just this dark, twisted world of evil. Uh, the world was ruled by the Terra Queen, and she was supposed to be the icon, and kind of was the the living icon of the Halloween Horror Nights world when when you were actually inside the uh, the park in the event itself. So to, I'll tell the story of what this was going to be, and then I'll throw in where I think the storyteller could have worked, though I don't think I think my interpretation of it is not what how she was actually used. So the Terra Queen was a, a maniacal ruler, offer often performing blood sacrifices of her people and for her people, I guess in a sense, but they were of her people. These blood sacrifices. Uh, it was it, it. They were, um, or I should say, 
the blood for these sacrifices, it's taken, they're taken to the, the blood is taken to the Gorward forest and the iron in the blood is used to forge, uh, the knife, which is forged in the dragon forge tangle root fire pits, another world on this map. And then the blade is delivered to the queen back by her black guards on their bone choppers, which we will get into these incredibly cool things very shortly here. And that's used for the blood sacrifice. The blood sacrifice that is spilled is then returned to the gourd forest. And you see how this cycle keeps going and going and going. So the blood of the previous victim is forged into the knife for the next victim. So that was until the very end of the event where the queen herself is the one that is sacrificed. And that is the end of her rule. And that's the end of the event. Now, we did just talk about that is not the icon in the advertising. It is the storyteller. The storyteller at this point was shoot Horden by marketing. She's not part of this story. This story was already written, already done. Everything was going to be explained and told and over and over again in almost a cycle. And you were going to experience this cycle in a sense going through Halloween Horror Nights. So uh, where the storyteller fits in is literally has nothing to do with the story other than the fact that a very, very loose interpretation is that the storyteller is telling the story of Tara Quintus and with her being a supernatural entity, it's coming to life from her words. I'm going to tell you right now, I made that part up. (laughs) That is not part of marketing or part of trying to put her in there. That's how I kind of, what do I want to say? Uh, Explain or, 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 uh, 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 that's how I justify the storyteller in my head. Right. And it's probably not a great explanation, but that's how I fit her in. Uh. And, and my comment here will become clearer later because I, I know part of the story here already. And I know a little bit about the, the controversy that's been going on. And, and my, my question is, how shitty of a marketing department do you have to have to not be able <laughs> yeah. to market the Terra Queen? Right. That's what I was thinking. Like that, that's a whole icon in itself. You just need to and, develop and, the image. I don't I mean, seriously, this is I I can sort of understand a little bit. If you're a marketing person who is marketing horror and you know, you you know all the traditional horror and you know even the, the current horror. Sci-fi might scare you a little bit, but mm. seriously, this is just uh, the Terra Queen sounds fucking awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the 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 whole uh, even just the little blurb that you've already given sounds like a really wicked story that they've already figured out. It's a cyclical thing. They can do yeah. this whole cycle over and over and over again. And how can you not fucking market this? <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, like. Uh, it sounds to me like they're and I'm and this is pure speculation and I've got my tinfoil hat on because I'm a conspiracy. <laughs> right. This is completely conspiracy theory. But this sounds like there were political issues between the marketing group and the Halloween Horror Nights group at this point. That's the only way I can explain this. I, I don't I I yeah. I really don't think that's true. This is when it comes to universal history, you, you to have been really fortunate to mostly experience it as Comcast has owned it. Now, I think when Karen and probably Quint to an extent, when you've come to Universal Studios, I think it was under other ownership, but you certainly have not really experienced Halloween Hard Nights without Comcast ownership. Right. There was never a focus by 
their ownership was so uh, it, it almost it felt like it changed hands every year. That's that's an exaggeration, but there it felt like there was um it, it, it changed often, and no one ever had a focus on park on the parks. The parks were always part of a package of something else someone bought. So you had a very un unified corporate structure and they weren't mm-hmm. they weren't fighting I, I don't know that they weren't fighting i'm gonna say they weren't fighting i'm just gonna say they just weren't communicating yeah i can see that i think marketing took an easier route than trying to work as a terror queen i don't think it had anything to do with them fighting or having it out for each other i think they just took an easier easier route to that's kind of s- what i kind of what i meant by corporate politics oh actually. i'm sorry okay yeah, yeah. yeah. all right it's, I, it's when i think politics those- i think they're at war with each other but no, I think this is yeah, just one just, of those things where it was like, you know, you get a marketing department and, and it could be a brand new marketing department. And they're going, right. I, we have no idea how to do this. We've never done any of this before. Uh, your other ideas were, were more along the norm horror lines. We can deal with stuff, something like that. We'll figure something out for that. But what the fuck are you doing to us this year? Sort of thing, right? And I don't know. I, I just, to me, if if you're in marketing... And you can't handle something like that, right? That's a that's a failure. Yep. No, it's it is a failure. I, I, I can't argue that. I don't argue that. It's just I, I think it all stems from the fact that there was no unification in the company. Now this year, creative comes up with something. Entertainment makes their part work. Uh, set and design does their construction does everything to the T, and then marketing, PR sells it the way creative has envisioned it. That did not happen back then. Yeah, oh, it's, yeah, al- yeah. it's almost like marketing was invited to the first meeting, yeah. heard, okay, story, we're going to tell a story, and that then nobody showed up to any other meeting after that. Yeah, right. yep. yeah there's that, a lot of, of weirdness going on here, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's the that's the long and short of the, why, well, that is why the storyteller came came to be. Now, as far as the story of Halloween Horror Nights goes, I, I completely disregard the storyteller. I really have anything to do with it. And I, I focus yeah. on Tara Quintus and the Tara Queen because yeah. it has, it was it the story. It, this was, this is the first uh, entirely immersive, uh, I think, uh, build of Halloween Horror Nights from the time you enter to the time you leave. You're walking through the story that they wanted you to, to experience. Now, unfortunately, again, if you don't know this if you don't really follow halloween horror nights outside of advertising and going to it you have no idea how much detail is you're being surrounded by you're just looking for whatever that old lady's next story is because that's what you're told right. what it was and and I, you know and i'm i'm starting to look through the details here and yes there is a crap ton of stuff that is built around the terra queen mm-hmm. right yep mm-hmm. and just the whole you know the, the whole terra terra quinta is that am i saying it right terra quintus Quintus. Okay. Wow. C R U. That's uh, weird in my mouth. But anyway, <laughs> um, I actually but, have but, it. Yeah, I have it uh, spelled phonetically, of course. Yeah. Uh, it, it's just uh, again. I, it's it's to me. It's very sad that that marketing couldn't get on board and yeah. and get going with this because my god, that's a great. It's all over the place, and it's a great idea. And and it's almost like they they wasted two icons, sort of yeah. The Terra mm-hmm. Queen and the story, like the storyteller, could have been a year in all in in her own. Absolutely. So it's not that the storyteller is a bad idea. Right. I don't think that at all. It just it doesn't fit with this year at all. Absolutely. And now you they had if you brought back the Terra Queen, they nobody would know who she was. Yes, exactly. <laughs> right. 
Uh, which which could be a good or a bad thing. I mean, they could bring back the Terra Queen and do something phenomenal with her again. Right. You know, and and it wouldn't matter if if I mean the diehards would know who she is. The yeah. normal population wouldn't, and you would still be able to have a fantastic event. I I think it's a great idea, yeah. but um, it's in fact, yeah, what we'll get into one of our special <laughs> episode ideas. Um, part of my idea was kickstarted totally by the Terra Queen. Really? Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. The um. Yeah. It's just. It's. It's really. Uh, hmm. It's just. <laughs> it's. A, I mean. I. I, I sit. I, I'll, I'll argue and and defend it in the same breath. I mean. I see where we're. I don't. I, I guess. I. I mean. I. Oh, Jesus Christ. I really don't want to defend the, the fact that marketing screwed this up. It's hard. It's a hard argument to. Yeah. To even discuss from. For me, because I'm such like I said, when it comes to Halloween Horror Nights, I'm apologetic for everything. But this was a this was a bad idea on marketing's yeah. part, is what it comes down to. Yeah. So I'm not going to apologize for that. Um, so the uh, but I mean, it's uh, I I really I, there's there's no point in really talking about the story of this year in regards to the uh, storyteller. She does show up in a house, and I'll mention that when we get to it. But the story of Halloween Horror Nights this year is so freaking awesome. That I, I kind of gave it like just a quick broad stroke to explain how you're going as you're walking through each thing, you're you're experiencing a part of the story they're trying to tell. But to elaborate it on a little more, I mean, it, it really opened with if you got there at the right time, it really started with uh, as you entered Terra Gate that you were seeing the story that opened up the show or opened up the event and that was the blood sacrifice uh, mm. i mean you saw the forging the delivery of the blade you're told how the story unfolds during this blood sacrifice you're kind of told about the lands you're going to go into from the uh, the point of this blood is now going to be taken to the forest it's going to be forged in the dragon's fire it's going to get through north hollow and return here to close the show with a the get ready for the next blood sacrifice i mean this was this was really the first time if you wanted to experience what the creative team was was trying to tell you you had to get there when it opened and kind of walk through it and get there by the last show of the um blood sacrifice at terra gate to really experience the entire story that doesn't hasn't happened before and doesn't really uh, happen that much now as far as that total immersive experience this is really unique and huh. really uh yeah incredible idea and and you're 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 kind of going off uh off our normal progression here because you're talking about one of the shows yes and and this is this is going on you know when you get there and the show morphs and changes by the end right yep more or less yep very cool right yeah i I mean yeah it's i I would love to see it yeah yeah this is like this is a uh yeah, this is this is just a very unique experience that I don't really know how it panned out to the general public. Uh, I don't think they noticed, and that's too bad because of all the work that was put behind this storytelling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and from yeah, I guess for me, it's like uh, I think again, if if we if they had marketed this idea and they had made people understand that you know. You really want to check out the show in the beginning, and you really want to check out the show in the end because yeah, it's the same show, but it's not the same but show. It's closing the yeah, it's it's clo- closing the circle. I mean, you right. you're, you're, you you are meant to. I, I, I'd say that uh, that's those are my words. You are meant to go to Terra Gate and then 
and then circle through and end interrogate and and have experienced the, the entire path of the story of Terra Quintus. Exactly. And and it's just one of those things where it's like, we're going to open your night with a bang and we're going to close <laughs> your night with a bang, yep. you know, it, it, enjoy. Um, again, how can you not market that? I know. So, but now going back, the, this, what, what's here's really what's what kind of stinks about this is that you get they did they did all this they they created this and then it gets swept out from under them and then the the advertising on the main website is basically you know what you get it, it's a it's a website version of the 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 event guide you know you get right. you get the more or less the same information you're getting out of the event guide just a little bit more because they have more room to go with it but again creative being creative if you go on the website and it's still there, there's this little, little, uh, I don't know what the symbol is. I should, should have looked it up, but I didn't. If you look up, you go to the website, you find this little, uh, symbol. That's, uh, the, the Terra Quint- uh, Quintus symbol. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's in the upper right hand corner. It's a, Oh, I'm sorry. No, I take it back. It's not a symbol. It's a book. I just found my notes. There's uh, a little picture of a book. And if you click on that, all of the Terra Quintus information is there. Oh, cool. So wow. it tells you the story that you should be seeing as opposed to the story that marketing is selling you. Ah, nice. That That's a nice little dig so, in the website. So there's a hidden site within the site that makes up for this story. Unfortunately, it's like us three would look at it. Almost everyone we know looks at it. Guy down the road that whether he, I don't even know if it goes to Halloween Horror Nights or probably goes for one night for four hours would never in a million years have clicked on that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Right. It's like, for the yeah. most part, people aren't seeing that, but it's there to be found. So one of the other things that that I forgot to mention is that the the inside of the um, guide is very different this year. Yes, than previous years. Uh, last year, yeah. I, I forgot to mention that last year was way better than the year before because they they use that god awful color the year before. But this year, um, it's it's kind of like a. Uh, Unfortunately, it's kind of parchment and it goes much more to the storyteller than it does to the Terra Quintus. Uh, does it really? I kind of find it more the Terra Quintus. Like it's almost like a hand sketched piece of parchment that you stumbled upon and found this world. Okay. Well, that's, that's good that you found it. That okay. Way yeah. That, yeah. That, that, that works into the story. But for me, it's much more of like uh, a, a, um, Lord of the Rings sort of map drawing kind of thing, which fits in with the storyteller, doesn't really fit in with the almost sci-fi element of the Terra Quintus. Okay, yeah, All I right. I can see that yeah. aspect too. But it I've, is unique. Uh-huh. It is different than the years past, and it works. It, it's it's actually a really well done map. It, the the detail is fun. Uh, all of the little drawings are fantastic. They've worked in lots of really cool elements, including the, the giant drop for uh, um, the Jurassic Park ride. Uh, there's there's tons of really cool elements. I love the way that they do the loops on the, the roller coaster stuff. Mm-hmm. Fun stuff, mm-hmm. I, I think. And, and also, they did a good interpretation of the Hulk uh, uh, launch chamber. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's so, why you like it. No, I, I mean, I like and dislike it. I think I think it could be sci-fi uh, for the Terra Queen. I also mm-hmm. think that this is this is good artwork. Oh yeah, there's no doubt. It's good artwork. Yeah. All right, Matt. You have anything else before we jump into mazes? Um, 
Not particularly, but the uh, let's see, do I? No, it's a uh, the um, some of the names did change. Now that I'm looking through this, uh, but not not to an extent that they're unrecognizable. But if you want to see the original name, I'm not going to list them here. It's just kind of just burning time. But the uh, some of the some of the scare zones and some of the uh, I don't think the house the mazes, but the scare zones names change a little bit and those original ones are under that site this site is also on that horrornights.be we talked about so if you want the the entire story check that out i did have the press release which is this is really interesting um because i don't know i really don't know how last minute storyteller was put in it couldn't have been put in she couldn't have been put in to the, the point of the release of this press release the press release is dated september 29 2005 to kick off the event we know that the event starts days after that. So, but but the weird part about it is the entire press release talks about the terror queen and not the storyteller. Hmm. So the wow. storyteller had to be developed, had to be photographed, and had to be put on everything and printed. Mm-hmm. I don't know why she didn't make it to the press release. The press release must have made it through whatever channels it made it through before the storyteller was invented. So that's a really weird timeline. Yeah. So how long ago was this press release made and then sent or- out and not re- rewritten? Or again, was there was there this this back and forth the whole time yeah, of right up until release, exactly right? Like there right, may yeah. have been, right? Yeah. Who knows? Um, it's it, yeah, it's it's in, it's interesting, but it's unfortunate as yep. well. Yeah. So I'm not I'm not gonna read. It. I was gonna read it, but I'm not. The, the important part is that she she was in it. Actually, you know what? Maybe I should read it just to put that home. Uh, it's real quick. It's not very long. So the the press release to launch the event said Universal Orlando invites you to step into the strange new netherworld, one of interrelated realms, creatures, and rituals. Dark wing beings wait to greet you at the gates of Halloween Horror Nights 15. The hideous eel mouth presides over the nightly offerings to his Terra Queen, and what lies beyond has has to be seen to be believed. All new houses, maze, special effects, and a menagerie of monsters lurk, lurk in the swirling fog, ominous shadows, and twisted pathways. That is it. No storyteller, no yeah. tales uh, of terror, no nothing in that press release. Uh, that's just uh, um, hmm. uh, I, I, I mean, we've, we've already beat it to death, so yeah, I don't no, right, have any yeah. other comments right. on it, but uh, it's that's unfortunate. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That's <laughs> so actually I, I'm glad we went through that. I'm glad I got to give some details of Terra Quintus. If you want all the details, go to hardnice.be and read them. I did want to tell you guys and anyone listening the, the idea behind it, because I want you to keep that in mind as we talk about the rest of the details, not so much the mazes, but absolutely the scare zone. So keep yeah. that, keep okay. in mind what we were really supposed to see as opposed to these tales of terror. All right. All right. right. There's seven mazes this year, as there was year before. First one is located in Poseidon's Fury. So I'm guessing that that ride slash show wasn't open. Right. Um, And it's Terror Minds. Yes. This is an interesting one to start with. Um, Poseidon's Fury is already a pretty good base for dark, uh, cold. Damn, yeah. actually, a lot of water effects sure. in there. Yeah, um, they added a very unique element to this house. Uh, it's the first time they use it. Of, I believe, two times. We'll know for sure as we go through the years. I believe it's been used twice. Uh, visitors wore minor helmets, and it's the helmet with the light on it, 
And hmm. it's not everybody. You were giving it to it like uh, I want to say like groups of four. I, I, the m- number might be wrong, but it's you were it was given to every fourth person or so. Okay. The helmet had a light on it, but the light also had a radio receiver on it, and it would flicker, uh. it would turn off or turn on, change color depending huh. on what part of the house you were in and what signal it was getting. Oh, that's cool. So it was your own personal lighting effect. Yeah. And and from from what I'm reading here, it's the only source of light. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Oh shit. Yeah. So the concept behind this was that it was an abandoned mind, and much like everything abandoned in Halloween Horror Nights, it's overrun by creatures, <laughs> psychos, etc., that kind of thing. So this lighting element added this really unique twist for it because, like Quint just said, it's the only only lighting effect. Um, the unfortunate part of it is that it it did work. It did, you would think something this new would have technical troubles. It didn't when we went through. But if you weren't wearing the helmet, you didn't necessarily experience the, the best thing. part of the yeah. of the maze. And so, how early on in the production did you go to this one? This one we went to uh, employee preview for sure, and I have a story okay. about that later. So, so from what I'm reading in in different parts, what um it, what. It, Gives me is that more visitors were given miners' helmets as the that went on. Makes sense then. That makes yeah. sense. That was probably something they learned very quickly at employee preview. Yeah, that 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 you know it doesn't really work if it's if it's only mm-hmm. just a few few people. Right. Um. Because what I'm reading is like almost all of the people got. A helmet. Oh well, that's good then. That's good. Yeah. yeah. Um. But it I, still sounds really yeah. fun. <laughs> we did not have the helmet, so we kind of. Didn't get the full experience, but it was still cool. I mean, I, I'm not saying it was a bad thing. We didn't get the helmet and surprising. And I don't know if this, I guess this all depends on whether or not it worked. Cause it also sometimes doesn't work in the attraction itself. But when we went, the vor- the water vortex was running. So we got to go through the oh, water cool. vortex that you yeah. go through, you go through in the attraction anyway. So it's right. nothing new, but, but it was, it but was it's cool. not always working. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's true. Well, yes. It's also not always dark. Right. Yes. Yeah. You know, to to go through the water vortex with only like helmet lamps helmet lighting lights, it up yeah, was cool. pretty damn cool. Yeah, I think. yep. And it would give a a, a neat, I'm, creepy, I'm cool effect. Trying to remember if the floor lights were on for the vortex or not. I really don't remember because I've seen the vortex so many times. I can't picture whether it was or not. I'm mm-hmm. guessing not because of the way it said no lighting. But I don't know. I mean, apart from safety, the, the bare minimum, of course. When right. they say no lighting, there's of course always the bare minimum that you absolutely have to have. So I think I'm ashamed to admit this. I don't think I've ever been through Poseidon's Fury. You have. I have not. Uh, you had to have been. It was Christie's one of Christie's shows. She opened it. No, I know. Oh. But that was before we started. <laughs> that was before we met and before we started going to to Universal Studios. Okay. All right. Well, then the first we'll, time we we'll, went to Universal Studios, she was working on Fear Factor. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. yeah. Then that. Okay. Yeah, then yeah, you might not have gone to it. it. Okay. We'll have to go through it then, so you can see what the hell they're talking about. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like, I might need to actually yeah. go through the show. If that's when you went, then you did. Yeah, you did not see it. Okay. Yeah. I believe it now. I thought you were a goddamn liar. <laughs> <laughs> well, I am. Well, but not that's now. for other reasons. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> we all know that. Exactly. <laughs> uh, anything else for Poseidon or for Terramines? No, no. That's that was. Uh, that's all I I have from that. I can't even tell you what creatures were that were in there. Like, um. Yeah, I, I, I can't. I, 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 gave, like I the, dumped my memory on it already. Yeah, it sounds like the light control was the, the real shtick in the real It was, cool yeah. Part. Yeah. Yep. Okay. 
Uh, next one was in the the Carnage Warehouse, and it said the Demon Cantina. Yes, yes, this was uh, this was. I again, I don't want to say that this is the start because it may be just the start for me. But when you start having these kind of cantina type bars uh, things, those are always a lot of fun. Uh, they got yeah. the uh, and this was without a doubt the hot house. This uh, had the women. That was, I was, that was had my, that in my notes. And, I was going to ask yep, if that was the hot and house. the guys as well. Obviously, <laughs> yep. I mean, so it was a biker bar, but of demons from from Blood Thunder Alley. Blood Thunder Alley was part of uh, what was that world that Tarek went this of the uh, Iron Bone Gorge. So oh, this okay. these are demon bikers. And this is also when we get to the scare zones, this is as you're waiting or going towards this, maybe not the line itself, but probably wind out of out of reach a little bit. But the the uh, bone choppers would be going by and you'd hear the loud Harley rumbles and it just set the stage for. So really cool. Tell us about these bone choppers or is that later? Uh, uh, We'll get to that later when we get to the scare zones. God damn it. (laughs) (laughs) I I have in my notes that we've seen this again, but this always works in my opinion. This is such a good. uh, It is. I I mean, this sounds a lot like Dust Till Dawn. Yep. It sounds like a lot, a lot like those types, but man, those are fun. Yeah. They're not necessarily scary, but they're just, they're just fun. And, and the uh, creative teams get to do a lot of, cool stuff with it because they're not necessarily as worried about scaring you. They're just putting on a spectacle. They're not, it's not. Yeah. It is certainly not the supernatural or the monster scares. It is the out, out of your element scare. Uncomfortability. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's, there's people threatening you with broken bottles. Uh, yeah. People are yelling at you for watching their women dancing on a table. Guys are just yelling you to get the hell out of there. Okay. Uh, Chris, Christy got a real kick out of this because I don't know if this was a regular thing or if it was just this employee preview night, but she knew, she knew almost all the bone chopper riders and they would come in and out of the house as they were taking breaks off their bikes. I don't know if that was a regular thing. It probably was because it seems like it could be. So she, she knew a lot of the people and even though they're calling her these ungodly names, she's giggling because she knows the guy. (laughs) That's awesome. Yep. Um, One, uh, this was, this is a weird thing to talk about. I'm going to put it in the, that the, um, the maze section because it's it's in the scare zone but it's outside the facade of the maze it had an animatronic uh puker there's a guy leaning over a barrel constantly puking (laughs) so even though that was in the scare zone i'm going to call it part of this maze because this maze is set in a bar so i presumed he came out of the bar and has been puking yep It's just a touch of class. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) That you could only get at a biker bar. Yes. I love biker bars. (laughs) I used to live with bikers, so I went to a lot of biker bars, and they're fun. There's one up the street for me. Really? The wagon wheel. Like, I've been there in 23 years. (laughs) It's always been a biker bar. Okay. (laughs) I'll take your word for it. All right. All right, the next maze, it's in the Jurassic Park Discovery Center. <laughs> and once I say the name of this, I am just going to sit back and let you go. Yep. And it is the Body Collectors. This is the Body Collectors. This is the start of it all. Nice. This is, and this is a huge part. Like, this is, this is, this might be the, the maze I had in mind when I said, keep in mind the story of the Body Collectors. I mean, I'm sorry, of Terra Quintus. I may have had this in mind because this is 
a huge part of the story. Um, and and again, like this just seems like a, a failure from marketing because the body collectors is such an an iconic thing. Yeah, yeah. From for, for Halloween Horror Nights now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, yeah, and it, it, that actually is a testament to how good as IP is that it managed to do that on its own without any help from marketing. Yeah. So this body collectors, it's not too far from what we see when the body, you guys have a really good basis for it. It's not too far to what we see where the body collectors have completely taken over Shady Brook. You have that kind of pre-industrial old rusty, uh, there's not really any technology. We're we're kind of in the uh, we're out of the Iron Age, but not we're just learning the Industrial Age. That is a setting mm-hmm. for this for this maze. Uh, okay. the, the bodies are now the body collectors are harvesting the bodies and taking to different parts of Terra Quintus as resources for weapons, clothing, etc., etc., stuff like that. This is basically the uh, raw materials house for everything of Terra Quintus. It's being they're taking people and taking parts of them and building stuff out of them for Terra Quintus. This is a huge uh. part of the story of the of the land, I should say, the land story, whatever you want to call it. Um, just, this is just such fantastic stuff. Yep. Yeah. It has everything you want from body collectors, living victims that are having their limbs sawed off. We've seen that in other stuff, but this is this is where it was born. Organ harvesting. We so definitely saw that last oh, year. God, yeah. Um, body parts lining the house. Just this was the gore house. This, uh, no doubt. And the start of uh, not only the start of the body collectors, but something that has been with every body collectors ever since was the live spine removal was in this maze. Ah. Uh-huh. Yep. And just mm. picture the farther you get in, first you're just, you're in processing, you're in kind of uh, you're in uh, the bodies are being there they're being harvested they're being processed you're starting to get you're starting to from there you move on to parts lining every body parts lining everywhere getting ready for their 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 uh whatever their final purpose is you get the spine rip in all that and then as you're exiting there's less and less bodies and more things that are being built from the body so it was really if you if you like the creativity of the me- and the macabreness of the idea of the body collectors and what they do with the bones and the bodies and whatnot. Mm-hmm. It's a really visually cool house as you're walking out. So it like it builds. It's a very, not only is it a huge part of the entire story, but it's telling a story in and of itself. It's so well done. And just the start of my favorite IP, which I don't think is a surprise to anyone <laughs> to hear. Uh, and, and, and I think, I think it's a tribute to, to what they did in that maze that it has become a, a, yeah. an IP on its own. Right. It's, it, it's really not even associated, uh, pardon me, associated with Terra Quintus anymore. It's no. just yep. the no, it's body just, collectors. Yeah. yeah. Yep. It's the, they're, they were born of this, but then they, as the story evolves, which we'll get into, there's a reason they show up later and the, the, their story is so well done. The, the, they have to retcon things. And sometimes you just kind of like, Okay, but with this, you're like, yes, give me more, retcon more, uh-huh. tell, explain better, explain further because you're doing it so well. They they just really have gotten this, the story of the body collectors dialed in, and and they have not done any big flaws in my opinion on it yet, and I, I certainly don't expect them to. Yeah, you know, there's certain things where I dislike retconning right. a lot. Yes. You know, um, you know, you take a precious, you know 
thing from my childhood, like Star Wars or something like that. And I really don't like retconning in those instances. There's nothing in Halloween Horror Nights that really has has a deep enough grip in my brain that I care about if they retcon some stories just to make things fit in to make it cooler and better and whatever. It's like, you know what? That's okay. Gotcha. These, yeah. these are creative teams that are just kind of building on the fly. And they're one of the things that we've talked about on the show, they try stuff, right? Yes. And when they try something and it just takes off and all of a the sudden they're like, well, okay, these other ideas that we have for this doesn't really fit in with where it started, it's fine. I don't care. Retcon it. Keep going. Do your thing. Right. Uh, I think, I, I think they've done a really good job with it. And retcon doesn't bother me here at all. Right. Yep. I agree. That's all I'm going to stop myself talking about. Body oh, okay. <laughs> Karen's wow. like, Oh, you're done already. All right. <laughs> the next one, this one I think would terrify me because Involves small children. <laughs> yeah, okay. And lots of them. It's, it's the school. S-K-O-O-L. Yeah, so. this is another big story element of uh, Terra Cointis because this is where the the children of the world are, of this world are taught. And it's their school. Yeah. And I actually put a note, little baby body collectors. <laughs> I don't remember if there were there. There had to be some, I guess, oh, to that sure point. There were. Oh, you know what? I'm sorry. Let me go back to body collectors. I, I there is something I want to say. Yeah. I know I can't stop, but it's important because we haven't mentioned it, and I don't. It's because it's something I'm not familiar with. But body collectors was another one my wife wanted to see, and it's because, and I think you probably both know the story now from going the unmasking the heart uh, tours. But they were um, the body collectors had a super strong resemblance to the villains of an episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer called Hush. Right. Oh. And it's yeah, where they stole everybody's voice. And I guess the entire episode was silent. I've never seen it. But this actually, because it word had gotten out, uh, well, and, uh, out, it, Christy was right there in the middle of all this. So she knew about it and she wanted to see this. So this, this is, that was the only way in hell <laughs> you'd get Christy to step inside a body collector's maze and she's never been in one of the any, any of the other incarnations since oh. she just wanted to see if they did look like them she saw them and then she was stuck because she couldn't get out so yeah. <laughs> so sorry didn't mean to digress so we went back around to the school right oh cool. yep, yeah yeah when i saw the little baby body collectors i thought of that yep. so this was the theme it was the children of terra quintus it didn't take them long to take over the place considering their their bloodline and they mm-hmm. were also in the midst of playing a game which was called dead man's wishes and this is a version of hide and seek except in this version if you were found you weren't it you were killed so they're playing this deadly game in a school they took over and it was obviously wasn't children children but it was the we've seen characters that are small (laughs) small people not not necessarily little little people but small stature people yeah. And they've got also got some little people they that do. work. Yes. Uh, yeah. characters yep. that are f- that are fantastic. They've had they've had no trouble casting people's children is my point. No. Yes. So, so this was full of them and it was it was more chaotic than scary, although if you are scared of crazy children, obviously that's going to scare you. And this for me is the origin. It might not be the origin of these characters, but it was the first experience I had with them of those f- fucking frightening animal masks Ooh! oh <laughs> they were all over in this oh i remember that and 
Um, on, on, on children. That's just fucking fantastic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's not fucking creepy at all. No. No, yeah. not so, at all. Um, yeah. All right, I'm wearing my... Alone are terrible. <laughs> and this was... Exactly. This was like more of a school house theme, but not one room, but in more than a school. So you didn't see the stuff that we had grown up with school. But there was a teacher in the end, and that was part of the finale. She was tied up in a chair, or maybe not tied, maybe chained, whatever there was that would fit in with the Terra Quintus theme, and a bag over her head. She was about to bite it. We didn't actually see her bite it, but there was kids about ready to put her down right oh. then and there. So they start them early. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> well, you know that that's not much different than my school, like <laughs> well, my school memories. Did go to Can- you grew up in Canada. Uh, well, I also grew up with terrible teachers. Oh. <laughs> they fucking deserved it. Are we done with the creepy children yes, now. Yes, yes, okay, good. good. Thank you. Good. We'll move on to soundstage twenty-two with the blood ruins. Okay, this one I didn't see, so I had to read a little oh. bit about, it, and I couldn't find a whole hell of a lot on it. Other than it was like a medieval themed, uh, like a the medieval torture maze, like you, you that's uh, from the what the accounts I've seen. It kind of from the sounds of it reminds me of Roanoke, but without the um, without the cannibalism and more of a stone than a wooden motif. Yeah, it looks it looks like typical middle middle aged torture porn. Right. Yeah. So that's 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 what I uh, Which know about I'm good it. With. I mean, yeah. I don't know any details. I couldn't find any. Uh, it's possible from the descriptions I did see, even though there were weren't many. It does sound like a possible runner up for a blood house. Right. But I think body collectors, in my opinion, no matter what would be a runner up, would always be on top. So I don't think it mattered that I saw it or not. Okay. Sure, but it, I I don't know. It, it looks interesting. To yeah, me. I wish yeah, I had. It, of course, I just I just didn't. Yeah. I, I've got you know got. So much I love historical shit, and so anytime yeah. they work in any like real historical stuff into their their blood fantasies, I'm I'm good with it. Especially and torture I, stuff. That stuff yeah. is always cool. Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, it's, it's always easy to pick your pick your villain of the week for from work and just put them into it. <laughs> yep. <you> right? Yep. <laughs> Put them Can into you the just story. agree on something again? Yeah, I know, uh, well, right? You guys, but that's not that's yeah. not surprising that we would agree on torturing people from, uh, from our daily point. lives, right? That, that's, that's not that's something true. surprising, okay? I <laughs> mean, right. of all of the things that we agree on, this one's like <laughs> a given. Okay. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Moving along, we'll move on to Soundstage 20 with the Cold Blind Terror. All right, this is another one. This is the other one I didn't see. So this was... Uh, another disorienting house from what it sounds like uh again i did yeah. not did not see it but instead of doing kind of throwing everything at the wall and seeing what sticks it seems like they have done one one theme and with darkness and play playing with lights and strobes and blinding people and then just shutting yeah. the light out and then there's a character there and trying to just disorient people just between the light and the dark uh, is sounds like the sign the sound of it, and it sounds like it went over about as well as the last time they tried this with Fear Factor and not a very popular house. So not uh, sad I didn't see this one. I was just right. thinking, like how how many people did the same thing that you did with Jason last year? What was that? With, what like, running run guy? Smack yeah, dab, yeah. No, yeah, all the lights right. were on too. I shouldn't. That should have never happened. No, I'm just saying. Like, <laughs> oh, because he like, turned this, the wrong way. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah, I got what you're saying. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just thinking, like, this this sounds like a. Uh, a, a a terrifying thing to be in if you're a character. 
Like, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. true. Right? There's, there's yeah. going to be people running into you. There's going to be people making the wrong turns. They don't know right. where they are. Good They're point. disoriented. Yep. Like this, this has got to be a fucking nightmare as a scare. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Uh, I kudos to the guys that, that did it because, yeah. uh, I mean, you did it by accident. I did, yeah, right. Yeah. Well, in a, in a well lit house, right, right. right. So, when you, when you've got strobes and you've got dis, they're intentionally disorienting you, right? Yep. It's, and then it's, it's yeah. not just disorienting to the people walking through it; it's disorienting to the characters who've got to stay in there for periods of time. And I'm sure they've got like somewhat darker lenses so they can deal with the strobes right. and stuff better. But Even still, still. yeah. yeah dark lenses in a dark place that doesn't bode well either right, right. and even True. if they rotate people out every 20 minutes or so still 20 minutes yeah. of a strobe light is yeah <laughs> rough yeah uh kudos, kudos to the characters in that one yeah yep, absolutely let's get to the final one all right where evil hides all right this was the uh <laughs> quote-unquote icon house this is where they shoehorned in the storyteller Oh. oh, so the idea of this is actually not a bad idea. Just even taking the storyteller out of it, it's not a bad idea for for a maze. The idea is that it's preying on common, natural, primal fears like the violence of a thunderstorm and lightning, the wind, uh, monsters under the bed, that type of thing. And that's exactly what this was. It's the the first thing that you walked into was a children's room, and there is an empty crib. And a little girl cowering in a corner. I think she was actually in footy pajamas. This is the memory I have. And she has this terrified look on her face. And she's she's just mumbling to herself about something and, and that she couldn't stop it. And there's something and there's something. And, and you move on. And there's a, uh, a werewolf type creature, uh, best I could describe it, under the bed. You go further on, there's one in the closet. A little, little more, a little different, a little altered, but a monster in the closet. Why was she out of bed? Don't you know that the safe spot is in the middle of the bed? I guess not. with the blankets all like all right. over you, yeah. like yes, nothing yeah. hanging off. Right? Uh, no, don't don't ever let the blankets hang uh-uh. over. No, oh. no, and never ever let your pillows get out of grasp. Right? Oh. <laughs> because then you have nothing but the stuffed animals to hug, and sometimes they take on evil shapes. <laughs> I don't know anything about this. I'm just making this <laughs> right. Up. Yes, trust me. Uh, you went further moved into the house. You kind of got into more more um, uh, older themes, like the things that you would experience more and think about in your more formative years, like demons and ghouls and, and vampires. And I, I want to say, and I'm almost positive this is it, but I wouldn't put money on it because it may be confusing it with 13. I think there was a single bungee vampire above the ceiling that went back and forth. Now we've seen that before. And so I'm pretty sure I did see like one flying vampire in this room. If I'm remembering right, I may be but, mixing it up with the finale of castle vampire from 14, but I think there was one. I think they actually took that mechanic right. and put it in this room of this, yeah. uh, of this maze. And they do, a, they do that really, really well. Yeah. They, they take mechanics that they've used before and morph them into, into b- bigger and better things or, or at least just morph them into other it, mazes that, and it works. Exactly. Yep. Yep. Uh, then moving further on then to, to the uh, um, maze, you get a big, big homage to Michael Myers. Uh, although it's not really, it's not officially Michael Myers, but I mean, <laughs> you know the Michael Myers motif. Yeah. White mask, slick back hair, and a blue jumpsuit. So he was represented without being him. And uh, not the first <laughs> 
Or not the last, well, not the first time because he's been in a couple of Bill and Ted's and definitely not going to be the last time Michael Myers. God, is, no. Yeah, as a staple of a, a Halloween Horror Nights. Um, I This is one of those ones where, uh, again, I want to say it's two stories and it might be building on the memory from 14. I don't think it was. I think it was one of those illusion things where you're actually going up a few feet on a mm-hmm. riser, but you it wasn't a full flight of stairs. It's just the way they guided you and the way you actually stepped. You felt like you were going up a full flight. And then you got to the attic of the house. And this is where the storyteller was. And then, mm-hmm. I mean, she was just, just shoehorned in here in a, in a rocking chair with her book, giving you the dead eye. And then you left the attic. I mean, that was about it. And then, mm-hmm. and then that was about the end of the house. So, uh, that was, I mean, okay. The storyteller, she didn't feel, feel out of place. Like she could have had, could have been there from the beginning and it would have been, uh, if you didn't know the story of the storyteller being added, yeah. it wouldn't have stood out to you is what I'm trying to say. Right. Yeah. And, and that's fine. It just sounds, I mean, to me though, the, the, after everything we've talked about, just about the mazes so far, it's like, this is the first time we're hearing about the storyteller other than the controversy we talked about in the beginning of the show. So yeah. it's like, wow. Okay. So we're finally hearing about the icon and she's like in the last room of this yeah. <laughs> maze that, Okay. Um, and we've already heard multiple references to the Terra Queen and the Terra Quintus stuff. Yeah. Yep. And the, uh, if you didn't, if she wasn't all over the advertising, you probably would have thought this was just the crazy old aunt that you have locked away in the closet, which actually would have f- right. filled this house's, this maze's theme better than shoehorning yeah. her in. Now that I'd say yeah. that, that's the um, first time I had that thought that actually worked, would have worked better. I know some people are reluctant to kill their, their crazy, <laughs> right, yeah. uh, crazy relatives. I'm not. So <laughs> I just have mounds in my backyard instead of things in the attic. So yeah. <laughs> for Karen, it would have been like she stepped into the future. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Wait, huh? Hey, well, <laughs> so yeah, that's it for that house. That's it for the mazes. Now, isn't it? We're all that is, yeah. that is right. the maze. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Burning right into the scare zones. And the right. scare zones are, Looking really interesting this year, yeah. and I think mostly because of you know the whole uh, Terra Quintus stuff and all that stuff. We're going to start straight up Terra Guard Run. All right. there's not we're not even going to. This is in port of entry. You get into the, and again, this tells me that marketing is kind of unhinged because you get into the event and you don't see the storyteller. You see the Terra Guard Run. Yes. Um. This is. I have a weird memory of this because even though this has it is the introduction to Terra Quintus, has all the creatures, all her minions, has the stage for the blood sacrifice, which you if you didn't see it right on the outset, you will see later. The right. thing that I could not stop looking at is that at the front gate, at the top of it, they were shooting this fire ring like every 45 seconds into the air. Picture a smoke ring, but fire. It was the I could cool. not take my eyes off of it. Oh, and it was yes. huge and it made this loud pop when it went off. So you knew it was going, I could not stop looking at it. It was a perfect ring of fire, not to sound like Johnny cash, but it was a, a, a ring of fire that would just sort of float up and eventually burn itself out. It was amazing. It was so cool. And, and so I get that because that was one of, uh, one of the things like the whole, you get this iconic or, or you get this image that you see and, it it uh it makes 
an imprint on you. And that's the first thing that I, when I walked into my first ever Halloween Horror Nights was one of the scare zones I walked into just made this giant impression on me as to you are not in Kansas anymore, Toto. And that sounds exactly like what you're, what you're describing. Yeah. Yeah. And that, yep. those are always great moments at these events. Yep. Yeah. That was, that, that is my biggest memory from that. I still, I still picture it and wanted to so bad, go up there and see how that thing worked. <laughs> yeah, for sure. All right. Um, moving on to the Marvel superhero Island. Uh-huh. We have the, Blood Thunder Alley. Blood Thunder Alley. This was the home of the Terra Queen's Black Guards, and they rode these awesomely decorated Harley Davidson motorcycles. Uh, thank you. <laughs> I watched it. So some some had giant bat wings, others had animal skulls. Um, otherwise, there was fewer characters, not much fog, and not much lighting effects because that was probably pretty damn dangerous. Yeah. So we will just talk about the bone choppers, which I got quite a bit on here. So these were very cool looking, very well done, a great addition. In fact, you both saw one on display in the Halloween Horror Nights store last year. Yeah, that was cool. That's what they were writing. That's awesome. (laughs) Quint is dying. (laughs) No, I'm, I'm... Uh, I, I need to keep practicing this beer drinking thing because <laughs> clearly I still haven't gotten it down pat. So I, yeah. I just, I'm going to keep practicing. Okay. So those were, I mean, that was just one of them. They had several of them and they were, uh, they were tested um, for several, several reasons. One, one to make sure that they could function properly. Uh, safety measures were taken, practicing riding up and down the scare zones and preparing the, the riders were preparing for sudden stops. These were trained riders. These were a, a majority of them were stuntmen. Christy had actually worked with most of these guys, if not all and, of them. And we saw them last year. We saw a similar thing last year during the uh, um, Mardi Gras parade where they've got the motorcycles going through and these guys are doing really tight turns. Well, those were really- the, those, yeah, those were actually that, poli- the, they were part of the Orlando police department. Those, oh, really? Guys. Not to say yeah. that some of those might not have been. Who knows? Uh, yeah, but I'm, I'm just saying. Like we've, I have seen some of the motorcycle stuff again, and they're cool. Right, they they're good, good on their bikes. Going back to the they they did due diligence. Do do well. It's like do the ending diligence. of the show. They did, <laughs> they did their due diligence in checking to make sure they could navigate and everything worked the way it should and whatnot. But. Uh, they could only practice so much. They could not bring in tens of thousands of people until the employee preview. So all this was theoretical practice. They ended up stopping and starting like, and breaking mainly way more than anyone had planned. And we've found out that night because as one Harley rider came by, Christy actually recognized him as he was coming. And as he, he wrote out, he's, they, they saw each other. He wrote out to her. She said, Hey, Jimmy, he slowed down, almost stopped, said, can't talk now, darling. My brakes are on fire and left. He was Whoa. breaking so much that his brakes <gasps> caught on fire. Oh, my God. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I remember that clearly. <laughs> Absolutely clearly. Yeah, that's something that doesn't go away. Um, yeah. So from this. Yeah, the flames on my wheels. Yeah, that's not that's really, yeah, that's not, real. a, that's not an effect. That's real. I need, I need to get backstage. Right. It. Uh, so there was actually like right after this, uh, employee preview, there was less bikes throughout the, the, uh, 
event itself. Presumably, they had them in a much shorter rotation. Like, it, sure, they, they, they had the, the they would go through cool down, go through. Uh, yeah, yeah, that was that was a unique memory that not everyone is going to have from Halloween Horror Nights, and I'm happy to yeah, tell right. that story. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um. Wow. But I I mean the the bikes are the we saw one of the bikes and they were awesome. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they were very the, the cool. Creative team did a great job making those. And then when I did see them, when they had when they had the feet the the room to do it, they would gun it and just you'd hear you know everyone knows it. Yeah, yeah. Knows a Harley engine. That is just potato, a potato potato mash. Yeah. Potato potato, <laughs> potato mash. That is just a great sound to add with everything else on Halloween Horror Nights. It just fit in so well, especially with the atmosphere they were creating for that particular scare zone. Absolutely. If you can't have a chainsaw, why not a Harley, mm-hmm. right? Oh, that's, <laughs> that, that sounds like so much fun, really. Yep. It does. All right. On to um, Jurassic Park area, uh, the Cemetery Mines. Yes, this was a unique use of Jurassic Park because up to this point, they had been using it as a dinosaur park. I know, and I did want to mention this. Oh, I don't have the gentleman's name. I'm going to feel like a schmuck. Maybe I can pull it up here real quick. But I, I speculated that there wasn't, there was just like, uh, in the last time Jurassic, we talked about Jurassic Park being a scare zone, that was just dark uh, hooded figures making noise. But, um, oh, I have it right here. So um, the, the last time we talked about this, which was uh, Islands of uh, Fear, that one, I guess that was the one. That was 2002 where I speculated it was just dark uh, cloaked characters. Um, gentleman named Dakota on her Facebook page sent this awesome picture of a raptor from the scare zone. So he verified there were dinosaurs and even took a great picture, one I have not seen before. So that is that was really cool. So I'd stand corrected on that, which is thank you, Dakota. I do encourage anyone that is anything we got wrong or missed, please tell us because we are trying to do a, as complete indexing as we possibly can. So with that, and also, um, Matt's a moron, and we're relying mostly on his. Oh, my memory's getting worse. We yeah. really should have done this podcast five years ago when I could remember everything about everything. <laughs> I can't remember anything about yesterday at this point. No, I'm kidding. We, no, we, we, we really do enjoy uh, the the interaction we're getting from fans yeah. on Twitter and Facebook and all that stuff. Yep. It's great. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's I, I'm always happy to to see uh, uh, something in addition to what we talked about. So thank you, Dakota, again for that. Meant to mention that last episode, but we didn't. Jurassic Park wasn't part of that one, so that it totally slipped my mind. But this time it is, and it's a different use of it. This one they had these mind entrances, uh, the, or at least the structures of them along the pathway, and creatures would jump out of them. Now they weren't. Um, they were more the Terra Quenta stuff. I kind of remember the characters I saw there not being dinosaurs. Now, now my I'm so worried about my memory of Jurassic Park that I, <laughs> I don't want to stand behind anything I say. But I will say, I will say that the uh, that, that 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 it was like a it was set up. Well, it's called the Cemetery Mine, so it was set up like more of a, a, a mine shafts entrances that you didn't see the whole structures of the shafts. So it was more of like an instead of it being the jungle of Jurassic Park, it was more kind of an like an outdoorsy, uh, the, the 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 beginning of something that you you get the sense there was something deeper and underground. You mm. maybe very yeah. interesting take on on what they've been very uh, a limiting theme that they've had up to this point. Again, just another testament to the amount of work and thought they put behind Terra Quintus. 
Right, and it uh, was just the other comment I was going to make, or or question was this was definitely Terraquenta stuff. Yes. Oh yeah. Yep. Jeez, uh, like they. Oh man, <laughs> I, I don't know that I've so in my Halloween here going to Halloween Horror Nights experience. The only time that I've seen this much integration is the year that I went, where the entire park, all the scare zones, were uh, Walking Dead. Okay, right? right. I have not seen anything close to this since, or or other than that, where it's like almost every scare zone, all many of the mazes are all tied into the the whole Terra Quintus thing. Mm, yes. Oh, yeah. They are. Yep. Even though, yeah, even though the marketing took a different path it was kind of <laughs> too late is a weird way to say it but it was everything was in place to be terra quintus so even though it wasn't being told as the story of terra quintus it still was the story that they of terra quintus that they built and designed so it was terra quintus and if you well, were yeah, a big enough fan and found that part on the site you knew that mm-hmm. and everybody else though it just was another scare zone and they're probably right. wondering why are there little sheds that are probably wondering calling them mines they're like why are there little sheds in jurassic park right uh, and 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 that goes into the next scare zone that we're talking, the fire pits, which were in the Lost Continent. Yes, these again, uh, part of the Terra Queen's uh, domain. Yep. So, you know, you went through this one too, right? Yes, yes. And if you were, I mean, just to describe it, I mean, you take some fire and then you put in some fire and then you add some fire <laughs> and then you give it some fire and then you top it off with a big steaming pile of fire. <laughs> Oh, uh, wow. Yeah. Fire everywhere. In fact, the, uh, it was just, it was, it, the, the, they did have characters. It did have a medieval theme. Uh, the, 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 the characters had, uh, like the, the medieval weapons, Mace, Morningstar, uh, maybe a broadsword. They had shields. They were clothed and armored like it, but they, they were, or their, their main theme were, or kind of an orcish thing. Like, uh, I'm picturing the, uh, orcs from Lord of the Rings. That's kind of the memory I have of them. But they were mostly medieval. But it was like it was just it was just like like this overwhelming. Was, I think you were meant to think it was a dangerous amount of fire. Like you're almost looking at it saying this can't be safe. But of course, right. your mind is telling you that it's not. It, it's not unsafe. But it's still like just fire, fire everywhere. As as the the the, the absolute uh theme of this. The, the name is perfect. And so they, they basically created hell. Yeah. Yep, and add add more terror to this while you're making sure you don't walk into any of the fire. You're being assaulted by the chainsaw drill team. Oh God, that's just yeah. Because because <laughs> if fire is not enough, chainsaw. Right. Right. <laughs> yep. Holy shit, dude! That's that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, that was a good one. Oh shit, Karen and I just said that's awesome at the same time. <laughs> at about the same time. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Hey, hey. you're kicked off the show. <laughs> <laughs> It's not making us look good. All right. So uh, I'm going to quick run through the rides and attractions like we usually do. All right. Uh, Amazing Adventures of Spider-Man. Great ride. Uh, Dr. Doom's Fearfall, Storm Force Acceleration. Uh, Accelerate. Yeah. (laughs) Incredible Hulk Coaster. The Cat in the Hat. One Fish, Two Fish, Red Fish, Blue Fish. Uh, Carasusel. Dudley Do-Rights Ripsaw Falls. Jurassic Park River Adventure. Flying Unicorn, Dueling Dragons. Most of those are on our normal yep. at this point. Um, Peak Knights also had Twister, Revenge of the Mummy, which this is one of the first times Revenge of the Mummy is not part of the event. 
Right. That's true. Interesting yeah. to me with that it's only on peak nights. They also had Jimmy Neutron's Nicktoon Blast and Shrek 40. What's really interesting is that those are all the other parks. So they must have opened up that area where you go past the sound stages to get in there. Yeah, they must have. It's some. Um, because yeah one of the things that we didn't talk about was while this is technically both of the parks you really don't get into the universal studios proper part of the park yes you're really only in the backstage areas and the sound stages that's all they really used most of the other stuff was in islands of adventure true yep yeah so that's that's pretty interesting that they actually did let you get in through to to go to some of those those rides all right, shows. We've already talked a lot about the Terra Throne, uh, which is the port of entry landing show. Uh, you know, the introduction of the Terra Queen, the whole letting you know what's going on. And then in the end, you know, the whole ritual where the Terra Queen is now the new uh, uh, sacrifice. Right. So, yep. uh, fantastic yep. show, fantastic way to work the event uh, from a beginning to finish end or beginning to ending thing. I, uh, I wish they would do a little more of this. Yep. Yeah. It's always a good show. This is, um, yeah, we start getting into these second shows that are really good. The director kind of started them off, um, with this new, right. new generation of, uh, second shows. It's not the first time they had second shows, but it's, it's the new generation. The icon show, I guess is what you would say, even though she wasn't the marketing icon, she was the icon. She got her own show. Yeah. And the only thing I can add to what we've already talked about, I mean, the sacrifice is pretty much what we talked about. And it's, in fact, it's very reminiscent of the um, caretaker sacrifice. And it's actually very reminiscent of the sacrifice from Fright Nights, if you really want to get down to it. But one one thing here I didn't say, and I actually held out because I didn't want to say the term because I didn't want to talk about it yet, was that the Terra Queen actually showed up on a winged bone chopper. I mean, she raced right oh, up on that stage, nice. engine roaring, and then nice. got off. Yep. Oh, that's fucking awesome. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so anything else for that? No, no, that's about it. Because everything else is like, it's the sacrifice we talked about. Um, and it started the story. And they actually told the story of the blood being taken from the iron, taken to the fire pits, and then brought back. And yeah, we, we, we kind of opened the show with that. Yeah, uh, yeah. Which was fine. Time, I mean, yeah. you know, it's, 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 it's well, anytime you're opening the show with a, with one of their shows is awesome because that means their show has done, you know, made a mark. Right. Right. All right. So that really brings us into what closes our show every time, which is Bill and Ted's excellent Halloween adventure 14. Yes. And it's again in the Toon Lagoon Amphitheater. We yep. talked about it last episode. If you're unclear of where that is, just go to the sites and, and look up the maps. Yep. Yep. Now this, when you walked in, you knew exactly where it was going to be set. Cause it was like, it's usually, it's a, not a, I don't want to say general set. It sounds plain, but the set elements don't come alive until the story is told. This was, you walked in, you're like, oh, well, this is going to be a Willy Wonka theme thing. Oh, <laughs> I mean, it was completely Willy Wonka. It was no mistake. You didn't even need to see the movie and you knew it was Willy Wonka. And I hadn't, and I knew it was Willy Wonka. Oh, shit. Yep. I knew uh, it right it away. Been the, must've been the year that, um, Johnny yep. Depp's Willy Wonka came yep. out. Yep. Yep. Um, this year's warning was given by the desperate housewives. Ugh. Oh, were they that old? Are, are they that long ago? Yeah. Yeah. It's fucking terrible that that's lasted this long. I know. Right. Yep. So of course, well, they were the characters, desperate housewives, but then I believe, I don't know if this is my note, but we go from right there into the opening dance and I'm sure they probably led the dance if they had a 
group of what are there mm-hmm. four of them? I don't know. I had Sex in the City, Desperate Housewives. I whatever. It's all the same. Yeah, one's got a one's has a mule and the other doesn't. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I'll wow. let you decide who and what I'm talking about. <laughs> One has a horse and the other. Don't. <laughs> there you go. Yep. <laughs> so of course we get the dance. We will rock you. Show starts. Show starts with a voiceover this time, and this is the Dukes of Hazard narrator explaining that Willy Wonka built a chocolate factory in Hazard County and hid golden tickets to his in his chocolate bars. And gave them to whoever found the. Uh, it's a Willy Wonka story. You get an exclusive yeah. tour of the factory. I had to look. I was like, "Oh shit, that's right." There was that Johnny Knoxville, Jessica Simpson, and someone else's version of exactly. Hazard at one point. Mm. Stifler, oh, the guy yeah. played Stifler, right? He was the other one, wasn't he? Was Johnny Knoxville in that? Yeah, yeah, he oh, was. Shit. Yeah. I, I mean, I watched it when it came. Well, shortly after it came out on video, and it was terrible. But wow. Yeah, Stifler. Stifler was Bo. He was. It wasn't it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Poor yeah, guy. He's either Stifler yeah. or Goon. I have no idea what his real name is. Oh, it's three names too. I can never yeah, remember I know. it. But he was good in Goon. Yeah. Oh, he was. I love Goon. Yep. Uh, you know, and I. I. This is new. New record. Stuff, we haven't right? gotten to the opening scene, and we're already talking about something that has nothing to do with this. But anyway, <laughs> just wanted to point that out. Uh, but I, I walked into Goon with, or sat down on my couch to watch Goon and thinking it was going to be a completely different movie than it yeah, was. And me too. I was pleasantly amazed at how well that, how well they did that movie. Yep. Yeah, me too. You know, I was expecting, uh, you know, two hours of the Hanson brothers. And <laughs> I got a really deep, interesting movie about, you know, a guy with mental health issues and all that stuff. And it was just, it was a really, really good movie. Yeah, I know. Cause none of the previews are advertising. It's, it's like the, the marketing team in, in Halloween Heart Nights 15. It's like they did a, yeah. different, a completely different take on the movie right. than what actually was happening. Yeah. See, this is topical. It is. It is. <laughs> Somewhat. So, <laughs> now that we have the premise of the story, it's the, it's the Willy Wonka story, but it's set in Hazard County. Uh, the, the time traveling phone booth appears and out walks. Now, this time, this is awesome. This I when I saw this, I love this. Peter Griffin and Stewie Griffin. Oh. It was a dude <laughs> dressed up like Peter Griffin holding a Stewie doll, and of course the the guy, the actor Peter, did a dead on Peter Griffin. Stewie was a, a soundtrack over the speakers, and he of course was a puppet. But it was so well done. I didn't expect <laughs> it and didn't see it coming, and loved that wow. opening bit. That's awesome. So they walk around stage talking about how they got their hands on a golden ticket. They're there for the tour. In this conversation, Peter explains that he stole the phone booth from Bill and Ted in order to get the ticket. He actually went back in time to where ticket was found and got it before the guy got it. This is actually a nice little touch of time travel because time travel, time travel, like there's always maybe one little mention of it. Otherwise, it just delivers and takes people away. That's all the phone booth does now that I think about it, doing all these shows that we've done. Yep. So oh, yeah. once this, this premise is set, the famous Dukes of Hazard horn is heard and a small, almost pedal car size car comes out. You're expecting the big charger, classic charger. It's this little car and it's got <laughs> Bill and Ted just pedaling along with it with Daisy Duke and Uncle Jesse kind of hanging off the back. Um, no, no. Tell me more about the Daisy Duke. Yeah. <laughs> she was i i didn't write any notes but she she had to be like just a jessica i was 
um, I guess the joke wouldn't would fall flat. It wasn't like the fat Jessica Simpson, but that is that's kind of recent. That didn't happen then. So it was the Jessica Simpson Daisy Duke. I have no special mm-hmm. note about her, so it must have been like not even a parody, just a flat out uh, uh, impression of the character. That's unfortunate because okay. the original Daisy Duke uh, brunette was much. Hotter. Oh yeah, hey, Catherine Bach is that her name? Yep. Yeah, that's yeah. her name. For everyone born after 1985, she was somebody. Just have to take her word for it. Mm, she was more than somebody. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right? <laughs> oh, now we love well, well. Well. <laughs> her I'm and Linda Carter. Mm-mm. <laughs> Stop doing that when I'm drinking beer. <laughs> I forgot how to drink again. So Bill, Ted, Daisy, and Jesse, they also have a golden ticket. That's why they're here. So they're here for the tour as well. I guess apparently not to find their phone booth. I didn't. <laughs> So uh, now, keeping with the theme, another golden ticket winner arrives, and it's Fat Albert, and he has a date, Lil Kim. Oh, <laughs> yeah! Come Thank on. you, Karen. <sighs> <sighs> so with this, after everyone, after these characters introduced, I should say, because there um, undoubtedly will be more, uh, a a spray of smoke and a whimsical song starts, and here appears Willy Wonka, and it is. The Johnny Depp Willy Wonka, and it's not any kind of parody, any kind of strange hybrid between him and Gene Wilder. It is, it's, it's just, it's another impression, straight up Willy Wonka, okay. Johnny Depp Willy Wonka. I did not mind the Johnny Depp Willy Wonka. I've never seen this movie. I did want to because I have seen the Gene Wilder one, obviously decades ago, but I, I never did get around to seeing this one. It was not a bad interpretation of the Willy Wonka thing. It, it's I I, I would like recommend it. it. Yeah, really? and I, I actually like, like Deep, Deep Roy. Deep Roy is always a highlight of things that he appears in. And it, honestly, it, I like Johnny Depp on screen. Yeah. Off okay. screen, oh yeah, I know. Yeah, we had, we had this. Screen, we actually, like him. actually had this discussion on Swick. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, he is okay. like he, he, You cannot say anything about his acting ability. I it, think, it, yeah, yeah. No. It, you, you you can't say what you will about him outside of that. But he is a phenomenal actor. Agreed. Uh, so okay, so Willy Wonka appears. He collects all the golden tickets as he meets his er, guest, and he reveals that this is not quite the fun chocolate, chocolate enchanted tour they're expecting. It's actually a trap. That's a phrase. It's a trap because oh, yeah, because oh, uh, the music <laughs> plays trap. and Emperor uh-huh. Palpatine enters. Oh, all right. This is one of the fucking prequel it's got to be it's 2005 so it's sith it's sith yep yep so wonka bows to his master emperor palpatine palpatine returns he has a big plan to turn everyone to his new dark side chocolate into his new dark side chocolate that's a new twist i've never we've never been threatened to be turned into food before in this show So Bill and Ted, of course, say you'll never get away with this. And Palpatine, he hasn't met. Wonka is not the only villain. Well, now he's a villain in this. So we meet the other villains from his team. And first up is the Scarecrow from Batman Begins. Uh, Okay. Samara from The Ring. Uh, Never saw that. Okay. Uh, Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Oh, that was good. Yep. And Anakin Skywalker, who's actually uh, somehow brooding more than he did at the end of, or I should say in the middle of Sith. No, at the end of Sith. Wow. Yeah. Damn, they got a good actor for that then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cut out. Uh, <laughs> nice. <laughs> so Bill and Ted, they immediately go on the offensive. 
Uh, but Anakin holds them, holds Ted at bay as the Emperor forces Bill into eating some of the dark side chocolate and turns him to the into a dark side minion. So now, I don't remember if we had this before, but I know we'll have it again. We have Bill and Ted as adversaries early on in this. I can't recall if we had this before. I know, I absolutely know we have it again. In fact, I can tell you exactly when we have it again. I am mm, not sure that. I think we this have is the first time. This. This, this might be the first time. I think so. So, um, Anakin, now I got to check my note again. Yeah, it says turning everyone into his dark side chocolate. I thought it was like turning them onto his dark side chocolate. Now I have into a dark side chocolate. Might be a huh. typo on my part, but anyway. Now, <laughs> so now that Bill is like standing at the Emperor's right hand, like literally, Anakin gets pissed off and whiny and he storms off, at least for the time being. Oh, big surprise. Yeah. He t- he, he, well, actually, he, tur- he takes a wrong turn and, and you hear him scream, scream and some gears and pistons grinding and the, some Willy Wonka music. So we can imagine he or hope he got ground up. But I guess you can guess where this is going. I just realized as I'm telling this story, I'm like, oh, yeah, this is the end of Sith shit. I'm not I'm less impressed now that they killed off the character because I know he's going to come back. Right. All right. So at least he comes back infinitely cooler than he started. <laughs> well, I don't know. I was going to turn it into this one. So, so well, at this point, we get into a little more fighting. Uh, a rush of heroes barge in to uh, help help out. I guess Ted at this point, and one is Batman from Dark Knight, and the other is the Fantastic Four. But this is like a over exaggerated parody of the Fantastic Four. <laughs> So Bill is actually, uh, they attack Bill. They are, uh, Bill single-handedly dispatches the entire Fantastic Four parodies, like just almost instantly. Uh, (laughs) Willy Wonka steps in and plans to blow up the good guys with a box labeled dynamite. So he pulls out the plunger, pushes it down, and instead of blowing up, the box unfolds and reveals Napoleon dynamite. And he starts his trademark dance routine. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> this actually turns little Kim on and she grabs him by the hand and the two run off stage Ew. or backstage, I should say. So reinforcements arrive in the form of Zorro and his fair maiden. And this, I guess, is the Antonio Banderas Zorro because this is, I don't know why they'd have Zorro otherwise. I thought that was yeah. that movie was a lot earlier. Yeah, it was. So Thanks. I don't know. That's a long time ago. Yeah. No, I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know. Then I don't know why they pulled Zorro out as a reference, but that's yeah. who it is. Let me do a quick. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, this is 2005, right? Yeah. Oh, the yeah. Legend of Let, Zorro came out. Then, oh, no yeah. shit, really? No, that was yeah. that was the year that that and the huh. Antonio Banderas Zorro came out. Why does that out? seem like a '90s movie to me? I, God, I don't know. It seemed yeah. like. It to me. Okay, well then that ex- that's all right. Then oh, there's no stretch to the imagination. In 98 was The Mask of Zorro. Mm. This was, I guess, wow. a sequel. Seven years later? Well, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Damn, she's hot. <laughs> Sorry. I clicked a link that had a picture. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. Is this still Antonio Banderas in this one? Uh, I don't even know. I, yeah, I'm, not yep, at, I'm yep. not looking at him. <laughs> <laughs> yep, Sorry, that picture was not him. <laughs> right. All right. So anyway, Pagdala, we got that settled. That burning question. 
Oh yeah. Peter and Stewie Griffin confront Zorro, and with his assistance, a reality, a, a, like a pop-up reality show starts. It's a mixture of "So You Think You Can Dance," "Fear Factor," and the Survivor Vote. Hmm. Okay. That's a pretty big cluster. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So. So while in the in the meantime, further uh, in another part of the stage, Batman and Uncle Jesse team up to get rid of the Scarecrow. Give me <laughs> a second. <laughs> yep, you broke it. Okay, no, that's like it's about to get worse. Okay, mine too. Because Anakin returns with his new body, but it's not okay. Darth Vader. Mm-hmm. It's the Burger King King, and with a Darth Vader chest plate. <laughs> That's fucking hilarious. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, yeah. I would have laughed at that. And I don't care that they're bastardizing Darth Vader at this point. That's <laughs> funny. Okay. Fantastic Four return. And this time they corner Mr. and Mrs. Smith and Samara, lead them off stage. And with Anakin left alone as the only, the, the sole threat, the, of course, hero, the only hero that can dispatch him arrives. And that is Ronald McDonald, who comes out. To give one final blow to the Burger King, Skywalker, whatever you want to call him. Terrible. <laughs> Terrible, but yet, I mean, you've been to one of these shows. That, true, it, true. They, you know, the terrible in these shows is meant to be it's terrible. meant to be bad, yeah. And so it works. It's funny. But, uh, yeah, some of the times when they put stuff together, it hits home a little too tight. And it's <laughs> like, oh, oh, really? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, you know what? I accidentally skipped a line. I don't think this would have made it better. In fact, it made it made would have made it worse. It was how his arrival was. It was through the time booth, the the booth, and it was a hooded Jedi. And when he dropped his Jedi robe, it was Ronald McDonald. Oh, yeah. See, no, sorry, I skipped that sentence. No, no, you shouldn't be. You should have just skipped it and never ever <laughs> okay. uttered it. Yeah, <laughs> now they're fucking like they're just putting. I mean, I mean. No, now they're just desecrating Star Wars, and that's just bad. <laughs> okay. I hate to defend what's now Disney, but that's bad. Yeah. Oh, yeah, true. Right. Well, anyway, now now at this point, now that he's he's chased him off stage, uh, Ronald chased Burger King. I actually wrote Anna King. I don't know if that's uh, my joke or a joke <laughs> from the show. Anna King off stage. It comes down to Ted and Darkseid Bill. And here we go. We're getting into self-referential Info again, there's a ton of meta Keanu Reeves and Alex Winter jokes at this point to snap uh, okay. to snap Bill out of it. And what he does is he see and with, with none of this working, Ted says he has to deploy his most cunning maneuver yet, and he walks over and just knees Bill right in the groin. And that <laughs> and that snaps Bill out of it. Nice. Uh, and this is all just boils down to a Dick joke that should have happened right, yeah, right. <laughs> right in the beginning. Awesome. So That's actually, fucking brilliant. Uh, at this point now, Willy Wonka is is kind of pulled out of the dark side as well, and he wants to show his friends that he's on their side, and he wants to be good again. And he does this by blowing up his factory, which gives them a chance to do some pyro and explosions, which we always expect from Bill and Ted. So now we have Wonka, Bill, and Ted. And now the Palpatine is left, and they actually convince him that the the light side is much more fun, at least at Halloween, than the dark side, which is kind of a weird statement to say. But yeah. we're talking about the Force, and he, for the time being, he forsaken the Force, joins the light side. He joins in <laughs> with the dance number, 
which includes uh, the, the 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 usual you know dancing music and whatnot. The, I do have the um, uh, featured performer this year is uh, Billy Joe from Green Day, at least an impersonation of him, and they end the number with uh, American Idiot, and then of course we get the finale, the explosion, and then the reprise of the finale which is a medley that ends with axel rose appearing as they end off with welcome to the jungle all right pretty typical bill and ted yeah you know hitting all the 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 big points they need to hit yep it's all good it's all good it's all good good, year for pop culture that year well yeah i mean uh yeah it was a star wars year Yeah. yeah that's the thing yep uh, yeah, and, and I was just flipping over to my browser, and I still got the the Halloween Horror Nights twenty six site up, and <laughs> chance chance just popped up on my screen, and I'm like, oh, this is gonna be good. Yeah, this is gonna be good. <laughs> yep. Um, so that's about it for 2015. The only other thing we didn't mention was the uh, what do you call it? Uh, this was the you didn't have a scare zone between parks but you did have a thing that was called a rat run and it was like a chain link maze that was in the uh middle it was between the parks that you could get to one park or the other and it was just a, it wasn't even a maze it, you had a path you go to but it was chain link so you didn't quite see where you're going until you got to the twist and turns the only reason i mentioned this because that's uneventful for itself but in the middle of it was a tower and not all the time but a, a, a good portion of the time was Jack the Clown with a megaphone taunting you. So Jack had kind of an unscheduled mm. appearance on these nights where you could go from in between the park the park when you went through this rat rat run. So that I did want to mention. It wasn't advertised, it wasn't in the brochure, but it was a part of the event and always good to uh, definitely want to mention when yeah, it's to see Jack and mention when he shows up. So I have a question about and this this should be for the other episode as well that we just did. Um was the rat lady around? Ooh. Ooh, good question. I don't know. I would hope she would be, but I'm trying to think of which one, which area she would have been in. So if someone remembers, please let us know, because I do not know. Yeah, for both the 2005 and then 2004, where was the rat lady if she was there? Yeah. Hmm, kind of forgot we were tracking that and didn't take the time to look it up. I mean, I could now, but... um. No, that's fine. I, I forgot the we'll last it, yeah. episode as well, and I it was just one of those things that's usually buried in your notes somewhere. Right. So I figured I'd, I'd ask. But mm-hmm. all right, so yeah, it's that's one of those things that fell off the radar during our break. So that's yeah. yeah. So uh, listeners, if if you've gotten uh, if you saw the rat lady, let us know where she was and where you saw her, and we'll try and put together. Yeah. Hmm, yeah, we'll definitely have to if we don't even if we don't get an answer. I should probably should take a few minutes to, to find that because we had chronicled that and totally forgot. Um, the only say I have a couple other notes, some interesting things they tried this year. There was a if you go on the website, it's still there. They claim to have had a podcast that year, and I, I'm not saying that that sounded <laughs> shitty. It, it's not, but it was like it's it's weird. It's like the real. Well, we know we we've been Christ. We've been doing this what since 2008. Not this show, but podcasting. So 2005 is even earlier than that, and we were yeah. kind of early to the game. So podcasting, it wasn't 
not everyone knew what it was, including the people that were using the term. It yeah. wasn't a podcast. It was an audio file on the website, and it was an interview with Jim Timon, the oh. senior vice president of entertainment. It's good. It's 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 a good show. It's just weird to be seeing it called a podcast because it's like it's not being distributed. There's no feed, and there's one episode. It's right. basically an audio file, and I, I sound I'm, I sound like I'm bashing it. I'm not. I'm just. It's, so it's it's well i mean at the time it's an internet released interview yes yeah and, yeah. and i guess at that time any i'm any more laughing spoken at spoken word yeah, spoken word yeah. show was a podcast yeah i'm laughing more at how things have changed technology wise than what they did that's really my, oh yeah that's no, where I the giggles it. are coming from yeah, i get it it's yep. just it's it's yeah it's weird to under to think about what podcasting yes. was was back then as to what it is now right yep um, and also, I wanted to note that the uh, Jello shots were s- still syringe shots back then. And this year, this is the only time I I saw it on a picture. I don't know that's the only time it's happened, but it's the only time I saw it, so I noted it. It was actually sponsored. It was sponsored by Sky Vodka. Oh, hmm. okay. So they probably got the vodka for next to nothing, whatever they legally had to pay with yeah. the alcohol laws, and then still charge twelve bucks for them. All right. Yep. Yeah, we've been we've been trying them uh, lately, and. Um, unfortunately, there's just too much grapefruit for the Matt and I, at yeah. least. I'm not a uh, not a fan last. of the flavor profiles they've used the past couple of years. We'll see what they got yeah. this year, of course, because well, yeah, because we got to get one. Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twelve times, I'm probably an alcoholic. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Karen laughs. I like that. Hmm. All right, you want to do the wayback machine game? Let's do the wayback machine game. All right, so Karen. Uh, no, I started with you last episode. Matt. Okay. Which one would you go to again in the mazes? Body collectors. Next question. Herp a derp. Karen. <laughs> Body collectors. All right. So um, I, I have a hard time with this because uh, they all look really good. Uh, Body collectors. I yeah. think this is just going to be, yeah. we're, we're, we're going to jump in the same way back machine just to save yeah. time. Yeah. Um, all right. Scare zones. Uh, Matt, scare zone. This one is tougher because I really would like to see uh, and hear the sight, the bone choppers again in Thunder, Blood Thunder Alley, but the fire pits were so awesome too. And out of the Chainsaw Drill team, I, this is tough. I am going to, man, I'm changing my mind. The more, every word I say, I am going to say that my choice is. Between these two <laughs> would have to be shit. I don't know. Um, <laughs> damn it. Only get one. I know. Oh, God. You know, shit. Oh, I'm going to have buyer's remorse and say, I can't pick. It's like choosing my favorite child that I don't have. <laughs> I'll have to go with Blood Thunder Alley, I guess. I guess All because right. the cycles are just so unique and we see fire just about everywhere. All right. Karen, I'd have to give a Blood Thunder Alley too. I I love a good motorcycle. Cool. Um, I'm cheating. I'm going to all of them. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> ah! Okay. God, no, I'm not going to cheat. I can't. But um, Just run through them all real quick. Yeah, exactly. Because uh, the, the there's four. I'd love to really, run through them yeah. on a bone chopper. Right. Yeah! Exactly. There's four really good scare zones. All of them tied into the same theme. All of them that are pointing you to the Terra Queen and the show and all this stuff. And it's, I got to go with the fire pits. I mean, the, yeah, the, at the, oh, it was tough. Uh, the, 
the chainsaw drill team swayed me to the fire pits. Okay. Yeah. I love, I love a good chopper anytime, but man, all the fire and chainsaws and yeah, I'm going to yeah. fire pits. <laughs> not a bad, not a bad choice. All right. So this is actually a question that's only for Matt. Um, well, actually, no, it's not. It, it's, it's for all of us. This time, the show that is going up against Bill and Ted's is actually an interesting enough show that we may have one or the other. So, Karen, which show would you go to? I, I would go to the, the Terror Throne. Okay. And Matt? Ooh, um, I'd probably go to Bill and Ted's. Okay. And provided I could see the Terror Throne, uh, the like beginning and the end. I thought you were going to say, yeah. if, provided I could see it from Bill and Ted's. I could, no, <laughs> no, no, I, I'm not cheating this time. Uh, before, provided I could say, see the Terror Throne, the, fir the first version of the night and the last yeah. version of the night, I would go to Terror Throne. Yeah. Just because it seems like... Um, it seems like this, like this is one of the years that they're really tying everything together. Yeah. The the scare zones, the show, the a bunch of the mazes are all tied into this this whole thing. I think that experience to me would be more important than going see Bill and Ted. Yeah, that I could, I yeah, I can't argue with that. I'm I'm saying it more in hindsight because I know once we get to sixteen, we have a shift in shows, and they're no longer these small opening ceremony shows. They're they're things that compete with Bill and Ted, much like we saw with Carnage Returns last year. So I know that's yep. coming. I all know right. that's coming. So that's it. all right. Yep. I think that wraps things up. That this was a good year. Yeah. Um, yeah. Despite despite the 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 marketing stuff and all that stuff. This was a good year. They had a lot of stuff. They tied things together really well. They had some some really strong themes going through the whole event. Mm -hmm. This was a very fan-driven year. I mean, the fans got more out of this than anybody else. And yeah. I think that's a that's a good thing. The good thing uh despite <laughs> the marketing wrench sure. I was thrown into the works. Yep. I enjoyed it. Uh, I have a unique story. I, I selfishly love that unique story I have about the burning brakes on the motorcycle Absolutely. that I get to tell every yeah. time those motorcycles come out. Yeah, I had a lot of fun. This is when I start. I became a fan instantly. This is when I start becoming. This is the, I think the start of the fan I am today was this one because I actually took the time to learn the story, experienced it the best I could the way it was supposed to be experienced, and then then things just get but my wife would probably say out of control after this <laughs> <laughs> i will defer to your wife she's usually right <laughs> right that's true even i say that so yeah that is it for this episode so i will thank everyone for listening all of our contact information is of course on our website at neozaz.com and we are just well, I think at this point, if we haven't had an instant reaction between this last episode and this episode, there's got to be one coming soon. And you're also going to look for the the live show that we hope to do, which when they announce everything. Yeah, everything. that is. We're going to have to keep an eye on when they say they're going to do that announcement so that we can actually yeah. Yeah, get that. Not that we're going to miss it. I'm saying that like no, no, there's I'm a real chance like, we might not know when that happens. Yeah. Okay. What yeah. I'm saying is like watch our feeds, watch our Facebook, watch uh, Twitter, all that stuff for, for when we're going to do it. We'll have all the details on, on those sites so that you can join our live show. Yeah, we're going to be. Yeah, actually we'll give a let's we'll talk about that real quick here that it is going to be it's going to be a live stream. We'll learn as everyone else does what happens. And then we have a phone system here 
at Neo's as in the Orlando studio where we're going to open it up and take your calls and let us know how excited you are about, I can't even imagine what amazing, amazing things we're going to learn. And there better be a chance. It's not a chance show. I'm not taking any Something. phone calls. Uh, I will. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. How could I not? <laughs> um, so, yeah. You know, if I'll, I'll tell you this, Matt. If there's not a chance show, there's going to be something that's going to knock your socks off. I know. It's what I, it's, it, I did say that. You're right. I did say that in our chance instant reaction. It's like I, I never get disappointed not getting what I'm expecting because what I get is far more than I ever expected. So it's ridiculous to say that. <laughs> so. And they're not going to waste the actress. Karen yeah. was right. They're yeah. not going to yeah. waste her in, in, you know, in a maze somewhere and stick her in a room where people are going to see her and interact with her for three seconds. They, they're not going to do yeah. that. She's too good. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yep. All right. Well then that's, that's might as well wrap up now. We got had two really long episodes. We might have to start breaking these up. I was planning to break these up when 17 came because I thought I was going to talk most about that. But I do appreciate everyone that listened and hung in with this entire episode, and we will continue our year coverage. I got a couple notes almost done to talk about some individual things, namely Shady Brook and Old Smokey. Old Smokey is actually a lot of fun to talk about where and where it appears and how it fits in the story, if it even fits in the story. Sometimes it's just kind of there. There. Yeah, but it's still fun. So those, all that, more years coming to cover, more 26 coverage coming. And all that, of course, will be as it as it comes in. We have a lot of, having as much fun doing the second season as we did the first. I think Quint can agree with Ab- me on that. Absolutely. And Karen, I think, is having fun joining oh, us yeah. now as well. Having a blast. All right, good. That was me double checking that we are doing more episodes before I overpromise. <laughs> <laughs> now, now I'll finally sign off and say uh, thank you once again for listening, and we will see you in those next episodes. Thank you for listening to the Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights podcast. The Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights is a Neozaz Internet Entertainment production. For more great podcasts and original entertainment, visit our website at neozaz.com. The Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights is not affiliated with nor endorsed by Universal Studios Florida. All Halloween Horror Nights properties, icons, titles, events, and related items are property, trademark, and copyright, Universal Studios, or their respective trademark and copyright holders. For more Halloween Horror Nights coverage, follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash podcast and follow our Twitter account at Neozaz. To help support the series and all the work we do at Neozaz, check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.